everyone. It's good to have you guys here this morning. Let's get ready to worship our Father, huh? Yeah, when Jesus was here, he did a lot of things that really angered the church people. <laughs> he had the audacity to do very scandalous things. After what he did on the cross, now we can call him our father. And here's what one great thing is when you get to know your father, you realize that he's not mad at you, man. He's not mad. He loves you. He desires to be with you. He desires to live inside of you and have his being inside of you most loving, kind, generous person that's ever been. So let's just, let's just pause for a minute. Let's just collect ourselves and think about our Father who loves us so much he bankrupt heaven to win us back from the gates of hell. I mean, come on, let's just think about it for a minute. Let's just think about our Father. Let's worship Let's worship our Father.
time, just a voice. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Yeah, God, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you love us. Thank you, God. So now that we've worshiped our Father and we continue to worship our Father in spirit and truth, I just want to direct our attention to the person of Jesus Christ that came when he came. Oh my gosh, he came. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. Thank you that you came. suffered, that became unrecognizable, that you were beaten unrecognizable, so we could become recognizable to our Father. How's that? Yeah. So right now, I just want to take our attention to focus on the person of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to make us brand new, to redeem us from darkness into light. Oh my goodness. You're so good, Jesus. Upon the praises of our hearts. 
You are the king. You are the center of everything. Yeah, give a clap for Jesus, man. He's amazing. Yeah. Let's just hang out for a minute. We're not in a hurry. Like last week, man. We definitely weren't in a hurry last week. Let's take that same posture. We don't have to be in a hurry. We desire and require the presence of the Lord. Let's just wait on Him.
Yeah, you, you reign, <laughs> you reign, Jesus. Yeah, so right now, if you didn't notice our theme for this morning, we're worshiping Elohim as a triune God. There's the Father, there's the Son. And when Christ died on the cross, and then he did everything he needed to do, put the blood on the mercy seat, and just eradicated sin, got the keys back from hell, he did all that. He high-fived the Holy Spirit as he went to be seated on his throne. And the Holy Spirit is now down on this earth, reigning inside of us. So let's, let's also focus in on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence. We know we can do nothing aside from your power. And like I always say, even though you're here, God, we just, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come, even though you're already here.
Yes, we love your presence. So as Lance and the team led us, he said he, he led us in. The first song was about the Father. The second was about Jesus. The third was about the Holy Spirit. But sometimes when it comes to the Father, it's hard to connect. Maybe because we've had our Father figure here on earth has not been around. So it's always been hard to engage with the Father in heaven. Like he's distant, he's far away, but he's not. He's an intimate Father. He's a Father that's close and desires and longs to be with you, who's excited about you. And then we look to Jesus. Maybe you're like, yeah, Jesus died upon that cross for my sins. Yes, he rose again, but Still, I just carry this shame and this guilt. I just fully can't believe what Jesus has done. I can't really accept what he's done for me. Or maybe the third one, his presence. Maybe you fully haven't experienced his presence. You go, ah, I don't know. I, this presence thing. 
I don't know about it. Well, today, this, this morning is the morning where I believe that you receive every single one. Where you embrace, you feel the embrace of the Father's love. That you believe that Jesus died on that cross for you. That he wiped out every shame, every guilt, every pain. That he's delivered you. And the third is that you're receiving a fresh download of his presence, the Holy Spirit's presence. That every single thing of fear, worry, anxiety is being removed because you're experiencing his presence that is so good and so gentle. So what I want us to do is just hold out our hands. This is a posture of receiving. I want to receive the fullness of all three of these. Yes, Father, here we are. We want to receive your full embrace. To receive your full love. Every every pain that is was caused for our father figure, we ask that you remove that right now. We receive your embrace of love. You're calling us to sit upon your lap even at this moment. Lord, I pray that you, Father, that you would just speak your thoughts over your kids over your children, over the ones that you love right now. Wipe out every lie. Right now, Jesus, we thank you for what you've did on the cross for us. We accept your grace. We accept freedom today. We no longer hold on to shame or the old man or the old nature, but we receive full deliverance today. We receive full healing today, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We welcome your leadership. We welcome your covering of your presence, of peace. Any wall of division of receiving it today, you break that wall down that we'd receive. You Holy Spirit to the fullness. We welcome you. We welcome you. Thank you, Jesus. song I Surrender. Could you pull up the lyrics for us? Jesus. It's called I Surrender. Like a rushing wind. Thank you, tech team. Can we say thank you to the tech team for always working with us? Just want us to sing this as we close. The bridge part. Like, there it is. I love it. It's very Trinitarian as well. Sing it with me. It goes like this. In like a road. 
this room begin to crown him with your praise we exalt you just tell him we adore you we crown you we lavish our love upon you come on every heart engage
Can we just lift up a shout to Jesus this morning? We crown you this morning, Lord. Yes. Who do we exalt? Jesus. Okay, we'll say Jesus with that. Who do we exalt? Jesus. I think we can be a little bit louder so everybody else in the city knows who we exalt. Who do we exalt? That's right. Hey, welcome this morning. It's good to see you guys. We're going to continue to press on to hear what he has to say even further. Amen. But I have a few announcements I'd like to make. First, I'm going to have Paula come up. She has something that she would love to announce for you ladies. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all and you out there online too. Um, this announcement is for the ladies, and I would like to invite you and remind you that the women's Bible study starts tomorrow night. That's going to be on Mondays through the summer. It's at 6.30 in the evening. It will be in one of the classrooms upstairs. It's a video lecture. And you know, um, in Timothy, it tells us that Jesus does not only want all people to be saved, but he wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the Word of God... That is the truth. And so this class is for anyone who really wants to know God better. There's homework. We're going to be digging into God's word. But if you want to know him more and learn more about him and his word and how Jesus fulfilled prophecy, come tomorrow night, 630. Thank you. Awesome. So good. Hey, I want to encourage you to come on the altar uh, on Wednesday nights at 6.30. It's been amazing. We have other altar times that you can check out on our website. But it's just been an amazing time just to engage with the Holy Spirit and pray. Hey, before we uh, do the giving liturgy, uh, I have a few, few more things. I would love to pray for our nation uh, in regard to there's been attack from Iran. They're sending people in to attack churches. But we're not going to operate in the spirit of fear. But we're going to pray for a covering. Amen. Lord, I just lift up all the churches that have been attacked. I ask, Lord, that you would just bring forth peace to the families, comfort, healing. God, that uh, we say no to the division of tearing down the church. Lord, we, we ask right now just the, the ones that are bringing the spirit of violence in the place, the house of the Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that as they even attempt, Lord, that they would have an encounter from you, Jesus. That you give them dreams and visions. That you bring conviction. That you bring love to them, Lord. We, that there be justice. Whatever's wrong, you make it right. And so, Lord, we're ask, asking for breakthrough in this area. We're asking for covering over the churches. Lord, we thank you what you're going to do in the midst of this. In Jesus' name, amen. And the other thing I would love to do is if anybody needs a job, I'd like you to stand, or a better job. If you need a job or a better job or you want a promotion. Nobody wants a promotion? Okay. Everybody's, everybody's satisfied where they're at? That's good. Come on. Want a promotion? How about this? You want a raise? Who wants a raise? Come on, stand up. You want a raise? Hey, if you're not going to stand, you're not going to receive. <laughs> so this is what I want us to do. I'm going to pray a blessing over you guys. I believe that the Lord 
He loves to give jobs and better jobs and promotions and raises. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'd open up the door for jobs, better jobs. God, I, I pray, Lord, that, that you open a door of bonuses and raises to come forth in Jesus' name. We believe, Lord, that you are the provider, that you take care of us, that you love to, to take care of us, that you love. Lord, we thank you for all the testimonies that are going to come forth as we pray and we believe in faith that the ones here that are stand are going to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So now we have a giving liturgy. So if you guys could repeat after me or, or say it at the same time, read it at the same time. Sorry. All right. Here we go. You guys ready? Holy Father, there's nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have and am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds. Who withstand the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with the true riches. Above all, I'm determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to the world. Come on. Amen. Amen. Receive it and walk it out. There's ways of giving. You can go to cornerstonesm.org slash give, or you could download the app on your phone, uh, Church Center app, and you'll see us there, Cornerstone Church. And we also have a basket in the back that you could uh, give as well. Lord, we just thank you for this, this morning. Lord, we give to you. Uh, we trust you. We operate in faith and not fear. We, we trust you with our finances. We trust you with our talents and giftings. And we give it to praise you as, a, as an act of worship. So, Lord, here we are. God, I ask, Father, here we are this morning to receive the spirit of revelation, what you have to say this morning. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to welcome Pastor Chad up. Hi, kids, if you can, meet me back here at this door. I'll meet you over there. Awesome. Let's do this, just because I don't want to forget it at the end. Last week we got carried away. There's communion elements right in front of you. You can grab the cup and the bread. It might be said that it's the most important thing we do to remember the broken body of Jesus and the spilled blood of Jesus. Christ for our redemption, the new covenant of his love, his blood. Remembrance is the song we'll sing, if you want to pull it up.
Dying you destroyed our death, rising you restored our life, Lord Jesus come in glory, Lord Jesus come in glory, and dying you destroyed our 
is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. For whenever you eat this bread or drink from this cup, pledge your faith and fidelity to me and confidence in my ability to save, to heal, to restore. And it's also a way for you to remember to look forward to my coming, to live in such a way now that when the trumpet the sky rolls back like a scroll. You're ready. So let's take the cup this morning. In forward to that day. Can we just say, Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. Just talk to your neighbor for a second. Oh, I'll get it after. Thank you so much. Talk to your neighbor. Tell him you love him. I got to get out from behind the piano for a second. The Lord is good, amen. He's worthy. How many sense his presence in this place? My knees are trembling a little. Isn't that a beautiful song? By your mercy, we come to your table. Come on, somebody. If it wasn't for his mercy, we couldn't even stand.
If he kept a record of sins, Psalm 130, nobody could stand. The psalmist goes on to say, but with you there is forgiveness. Can we just say that to him in accordance with Psalm 130, verse 4? With you there is forgiveness. One more time, with you there is forgiveness. And one of the most tremendous visions of love, I would argue the most tremendous vision of love is Jesus on the cross, amen? And what is Jesus doing as his body is bludgeoned and pierced and wounded? We see the clearest vision of love and what does love do? Father, forgive them. And there is no forgiveness without the absorption, without absorbing the cost. And how many know Jesus, when he was on the cross, he observed the cost. The, the scripture says the debt, the weight, the punishment that our sins deserve, Isaiah 53. All of it in that moment, Jesus absorbs it in his very body, 1 Peter 2, 22 and 4. It says that his... He bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we, like wayward sheep, could come home to our good shepherd and be forgiven. Oh. And that deserves a light golf clap, but I'm telling you, for all eternity, we will sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain. For with his blood... He purchased men, women, boys, and girls from every nation, language, tribe, and tongue so that we could reign and rule in a spirit of love with Jesus Christ as the prototype, as the perfect Son of Man. And that perfect Son of Man calls us presently to follow Him with all of our hearts. What a scenario. How many think that being bored or apathetic or indifferent to the glories of what God has done in Jesus is not allowed for the believer, but we allow it so often. I allow it so often. And part of why coming to church in a corporate setting, participating in a small group, coming to the altar, it is our corporate response to say, we will not have a cold doubt a dark, indifferent, apathetic spirit. We will be alive when the Son of God comes. Because obviously you can listen to a podcast, and I love podcasts. You, obviously we have a great church community online. You can watch online. Whatever it takes, though, our default is to cool off and to grow bogged down by the worries and the difficulties of life. And so when you come on a Sunday, you're not just checking a spiritual box. You are declaring war on a cold, indifferent heart. You're saying, I want to come and have the Holy Spirit breathe afresh on my heart again. Oh, you can follow me and Jesus. Yeah, you and Jesus. But it's we need each other in the darkness of the hour. Amen. And it's awesome. We have Nora translating in Spanish. Everyone say, gracias, señora Nora. Mi español es muy poquito, muy mal. Como se dice, but I'm working on it. Trabajar, tra I'm working on it, man. Trabajo. See, thank you. Okay. If you speak Spanish, it's not fair. I don't know it. I'm trying. I'm working on it. 
But what a Savior we serve, amen. So Holy Spirit, would you come and you're here. I mean, you are, you're moving. We, we've been to the table, we've been to the throne room in praise. Lance and Karen and the team have led us to your feet. This is the perfect context for you to speak truth right into our heart. This is the perfect moment to consider afresh what it means to be invited by God to become his disciple, to follow him, <laughs> to learn directly from wisdom incarnate, the word made flesh, the man who is the Alpha and the Omega, to be his student. What a striking and stunning invitation. It is unbelievable that we stand or we're in this place, in person and online, considering the man from Galilee of Nazareth walking by us while we're mending or casting our nets and says, follow me. Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus for the spirit of revelation to come forth. I'm asking that you would break through that which is familiar and you would make it fresh. And I pray that our collective response to the invitation of God through the Son by the Spirit would be, yes, we will follow you to the end of the age. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would energize the people of God for the purpose of God in this hour. I'm believing you, Jesus, that you are the one who is more devoted and more committed to a people who are fully alive in your love than we could ever call prayer meetings or attend Bible studies. You are so committed to your people and to the cause that, Lord, you have all that we need in regards to resourcing your people for this hour. So would you come upon us in Jesus' name? Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. How many just sense the Lord doing something in your life in this, in this day? Can you just lift your hand? We had many, many miracles and testimonies and people last week, and we just believe that Jesus, um, he's always in the business of healing and setting free and saving and delivering. How many believe that? He's never like, nah, 2 Corinthians 6 doesn't apply to me today. It's not the day of salvation. No, he is always present and available with grace and with power. And so Christ at the center, I just have a teaching here. Uh, it's the blue handout. It should be at your, your table. I may not get through all of it. I didn't get through it last week. The goal is not to get through. It's to get him through us, amen, whatever it takes, whatever he's doing. But we love the Bible. We love the scriptures. Um, I was looking at our ca church calendar today, this morning in the secret place, and there's a, a Bible study or a prayer meeting or something every night of the week. Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday night, youth group, Friday night, Saturday, we take a break. Sunday morning. So if you're looking to get plugged in, you can get plugged in. Amen. If you don't know where to go, your next step is to simply email or call our front office and say, help me get plugged in. I want to grow. I want to follow Jesus with others. 
Our Follow Jesus class is probably going to launch in a couple weeks. There's many signups. I've already emailed the signups at one. We'll do another email sign up and probably the, the second week of May, we'll kick off that study together. How many know that you can take a next step? Raise your hand if you, if you know. If you want it, you can take it. You can take it. You can get plugged in. You can get that next step. So Christ at the center. Say that with me. Christ at the center. Christ at the center is the place that Christ belongs. Amen. The church has gathered traditionally over the centuries, decades, millennia, there have been many things that have caused the church to gather, but at the end of the age, the thing that pulls the people of God close will not be a personality, a preference of worship, a style, a man's agenda. There will be a man at the center named Jesus Christ, the King of glory. And as the celebrityism will always exist in some measure until the end of the age, with the Antichrist being the ultimate celebrity, in many ways, COVID has only accelerated, I believe, not that God caused it, but accelerated dynamics in the heart and lives of pe the people of God so that we wouldn't so much follow a man, a theory, an agenda, a style, a, a genre, is that front and center, Jesus Christ would take his place amongst the people of God. And Jesus Christ has always been the center for the record. There is salvation found in no one else. Acts 4.12, but the name of Jesus. He is the one who sustains all things by his powerful word, Colossians 1.17 and 18. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. There is one man that the Father has appointed to judge the earth, Acts 17.26, the man Christ Jesus, verse 32, and he testified to his choice by raising him up so that all of us would not be clouded or confused with who's supposed to be at the center. Amen. Jesus Christ at the center. And at the center, Jesus, there is a necessary tension because it's only when there's tension does energy have a purpose. There's that, with Christ at the center, there's two directions that the people of God are called to move. Number one, because he's at the center and because at his heart he's a lover, he is love, 1 John 4, 16. How do we know what love is? 1 John 3, 16, we look at the cross. Because he's love and he created, not because he was insufficient and he spoke and breathed in the dust to make image bearers. It wasn't because he was having a bad day or he was lonely or grumpy because in his nature, he's love. He's holy. He wants to share who he is, what he sees, what he feels, what he says, what he thinks, and what he does with those who bear his image. And so at his heart, the first direction that Christ at the center will always call us is to himself. His primary orientation is not go do stuff for me. We'll get there at the end of the talk. His first call is he is lovesick for his bride called the church. And he wants us, even in this age, I might say especially in this age, he wants us to hear the call. The first direction that Christ at the center calls us is to himself. Come to me. Draw near to me. Be close to me. Don't be a spectator. Don't live vicariously through someone else's relationship. Don't take their word for it. Listen to, you know, teaching and people in the body of Christ. Amen. But 
But you, I invite you, turn to your neighbor and say, you are called to Christ at the center. You are called to live close, to live in proximity, to live in friendship, to live in his yoke, to abide in his vine, to build a house that withstands the shaking that is coming. And so we find with Jesus at the center, his first agenda is not to give you a task. Your first task is to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Christ at the center, he says, come to me. I want to be one with you. In fact, you might say, if you've ever been with someone who has passed from this age on to the age to come, you lean in when those that you love speak their last words. And some of the last words that we have recorded from Jesus are in a prayer in John 17. And Jesus prays on the, on the brink of the cross, Father, I want those you've given to me to be one with me and one with you, even as you and I are one, Father. My greatest cry, the reason I'm going to the cross is so that the distance will once and for all be crossed so that all of humanity can now live in close friendship, communion, and intimacy with me through what I'm about to do. And so Christ calls us to himself. Your number one calling as an image bearer, someone who's been made to reflect and emanate and radiate the glory of God, your first calling is to him. Many of you are aware of that, but yet you and I have known seasons of weariness coldness because we got busy doing for Jesus and we lost sight of Jesus. And that's not to shame anybody. I include myself in that big reality. But our t I feel one of my, oh, I was just reflecting yesterday, I was reading all these old notes that I've written through the years and I just, I, it just it set my heart on fire of all the things the Lord has spoken and impressed and the teachings and just stuff. Just met with Jesus. But I realized that one of my primary callings is maybe my primary is to remind us of our primary call, which is to Jesus. I mean, I have other things I'm supposed to do as a pastor and a leader, but the primary one. If your heart is indifferent to him, your heart will be indifferent for him. Ooh. That was a good one right there. If I'm not moved by him, I won't be moved by what he's passionate about, which is to save and redeem and set free and you know, all the good stuff. And so I'm gonna skip the whole first, probably the whole, almost the half of the handout. I'll get to that later. Go to Mark chapter three. It should be on your notes. Verse 13. And everyone took a collective sigh because it's already 11.15 and Pastor Chad just cut out half. 
I'm on page three of four, baby, on my notes. Verse 13, everyone say amen when you're at Mark chapter 13. I'm sorry, Mark chapter three, verse 13. This is a very, very, this is a beautiful, this one passage, for goodness gracious, it has it all. I mean, I, there's more. I love a lot of the Bible, all of it. This passage presents a vision of Christ on the mountain, or I'll say at the center, and the two directions that the people of God are always called to move in. Verse 13, are you ready? He went up on the mountain, verse 13, and he called to him, everyone say called to him, those that he what? Oh, come on, he called those he, and they, oh. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles to, oh, say it louder, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message and to have what? Authority to cast out demons. So here we see in this passage, Jesus, he's, his ministry's rolling, it's flowing and going. He's already been healing, he's already been forgiving, he's, he's already getting into trouble with the religious leaders and people. He's got a few followers, they're called disciples, which just is a word that means a lifelong learner or a student. Student of a master, of a teacher, of a rabbi, of a Lord. And in this one passage, when Jesus takes the crowd that there's obviously more than 12 who are following him or it wouldn't have cost him a night of sleep to pray and ask the Father, but which 12 are gonna be the specific who will serve as the sort of the governmental reality of this new kingdom covenant of Jew, Gentile, slave, free, young, old, male, female, multi-ethnic body that's gonna be built on me, the cornerstone. And so he names 12, but all of us find the invitation and the two directions that if we're gonna take following Jesus serious, we've got to be aware of these two movements for the entirety of our life as Christ followers. These two movements will never stop being a part of our reality. And I love, I've already given away the first whole point so I can be very brief here. The first movement is that he calls us because he wants us. Ah, oh, say that. It's not self-help, cheap, look in the mirror and feel good about it. Say it, Jesus wants me. Come on, say it. He wants me. Come on, how many of you are living with the wound of your childhood when you were the last pick on the playground? I was always tall, so that didn't happen much to me. I mean, there's other areas where I felt like I was at the end of the line. But the Son of God calls you by name, not really because of what you can do for him, because he can speak and creation comes into being. He calls you because he wants you, because he loves you, because he made you for him. <laughs> I am wanted. Whoo, I got the glory bumps on that. Because 
If we understand that the primary call of every person on the planet is first and foremost to the one who made the planet, this frees us from getting bogged down by idolatry, by apathy, by lust of the flesh, and seeking and serving at every altar and idol and ideology that tries to give us, the, the, fulfill the craving in our heart to be wanted, to be loved, to be delighted in, to be significant, to belong, to have a purpose that transcends my little blip on the eternal radar. And to understand that the king of all creation calls you first and foremost because he wants you to be with him. This changes the dynamic and the trajectory of your life. I'm called to Jesus because I'm wanted by Jesus. Just say that I'm wanted. I'm not an orphan. I'm not on the outside looking in, wishing someone would call my name. I am called by Jesus to be close to Jesus. And you might say, well, these were the super apostles, whatever. Fishermen, filthy tax collectors, in sold the farm to the Roman occupied power, zealots who wanted to just bring God's kingdom by killing everybody. The, his, this people who are called and wanted are not the upper echelon, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. Who are we that he would take an interest in us, but that it, in his grand scheme, he's chosen the weak to shame the strong, the foolish to confound the wise. This is what Jesus does. He doesn't take people who are already functioning at a 10. He takes one and he adds his zero at the end. And he says, I see your potential. I see your purpose. I see who you are. I don't just take, I take you for who you are and where you're at, but I've got plans and purposes for you. Those plans and purposes will grow from the beautiful soil of a life rooted in my love and in the reality that you're wanted, you're chosen, you're my treasured possession. I love you. Oh, no running today, getting the ab workout. Are you tracking with me? So your first call is to Jesus. Oh, I know that, Pastor. No, you got to know that. You don't know it if it's not the fundamental reality that your life is bent around. My primary calling is to him. First thing in the morning, it's him. At the noon hour, between jaws, between phone calls, I refocus and reset. When I meet with my friend and they start sharing all the crud of their life, it's him. Jesus, what would you, if you were me and I'd be you and you're in me, what do you want to do? Our whole life is oriented around Jesus, his king, his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. This is our calling. It's to him. And I don't develop that life of with him on the run. It might start with a little bit of here and a little bit there, but he wants us to live in the awareness that he's with us 24 seven, 365. So everyone say, my first calling is to him, to be close. Come on, my first calling is to him, to be close, because he wants me. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. I'm wanted, I'm loved. So I don't need your approval or your applause to meet the deep need in my spirit because I'm already called, chosen, and wanted by Jesus. Now, I love this. When, they, when we come to him, he appoints us. 
How many believe that each person on the planet is appointed for a task? How many believe when you're called to him and you begin to get reoriented and aligned and transformed by getting in the flow of life in the spirit with relationship to Jesus and his body, because he didn't call individuals only, it was 12. So we are, come on, someone say, we are wanted, we are called to Jesus. And as he does that, he appoints us for a purpose. Everyone say, I've got a purpose. And that purpose, there's a lot of bad theology out there when it comes to the will of God. How many have ever asked the question, what is the will of God? All okay, every person. How many have ever, like it's been pretty cloudy and you didn't like know what it was? Okay, Lance is the only honest one in the building. How many have been like, yeah, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Am I talking to anybody? But here's the reality, thank you. I see that hand, brother. When he calls us to him and he begins to transform us, the devil says if you go all in with Jesus, you'll lose yourself. You'll just be a copy of every other religious person or whatever. But the reality is the closer you get to the truly human one, the, the new Adam, Jesus Christ, the more true you begins to emerge as you are alive in his love. I, the self that I'm called to, to, to deny and crucify on the cross is the sinful self that's bent out of shape, that's given over to darkness, that's, that's all mangled and in focus. But when I get to him and he begins to transform me, when he starts to appoint me for a purpose and a task, you know what? All of the gifts, all of the talents, all of the things that make you happy, sad, mad, or glad, the things that cause you to burn, that get you excited when you wake up, that you think about when you go to bed, he begins to breathe on those things. And so the will of God begins to make a whole lot more sense when I find my identity from God in close relationship with Jesus. That doesn't mean there's still not questions, but so many believers are like, what's my purpose? My next question is, are you living with Christ? That's question number one. If you're not abiding and following him, we gotta deal with that and then always go back to that. But when it comes to your purpose, your vocation, my next question is, what do you love? What are you excited about? What gets you going? What are your passions? What are you talented with? If you were in a room, what do you bring to that room? And I'm telling you that Jesus did not make a mistake when he gave you your dreams and your desires and those things that caused you to be excited for him. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Jesus, why would he do that? I'm gonna make them to love A, B, C, and D. But when they come to me, all of those things, I'm talking about those good things that we love, okay? Read Galatians 5. Why would he be like, no, you know, all those things that they had going for them. Now, God can do whatever he wants. Can I get an amen? But I'm telling you, what if you and I just begin to walk in the passion and the purpose that God gave you as you get aligned to him, you begin to use your gifts and the grace on your life to make much of Jesus in whatever context he has you placed and planted in. And so he calls us close to fill us by his presence and to form us through the practices of prayer, the word, confession, worship, fasting, communion, community, hospitality, generosity. And then the next movement is that he sends us out. Say, I'm wanted, I'm appointed, and I'm sent. 
That's, that's, that's direction number two. I'm called to him, to be with him because he loves me, he wants me, he is my very life. I have no life apart from him or outside of him. He doesn't call me because he, he calls me because he wants me and he loves me. And because he wants and loves me, I mean, I'll never get over this. My, I, I'm starting to learn that sometimes the mess is worth it with four kids if it means getting them in on what daddy's doing. In other words, do I need help mixing the pancake batter? Does 37-year-old, you know, does Chad need help? But is it worth the mess knowing my kids believe they have a significant place to contribute in my family to mix the batter, the butter, the splatter, the 17 dishes? Come on, somebody. But how many know the mess is worth it if it means participation? And I'm, God's breaking me of that thing. Even in our, if this church, the, Lord, I, I, the Lord's like, the mess is worth it if people understand that their yes and their contribution is significant and it matters, that everyone has a place to play in God's kingdom family. And by the way, my kids are not that messy. Two of my oldest are here. Kids, it's just what pastors do to be funny with church. A little bit messy sometimes, but daddy's even more messy a lot of the time. Just ask mama, she's in the nursery. So we're called Christ at the center. Come to me, I love you, I want you. Abide in me, obey me. I love you, I'm for you. And then he appoints us in that place of proximity, intimacy and friendship. He's like, I've got a task, I've got an assignment. What we do together I want to do in you and for you so that I can do through you to those around you. What I do in you when we share life together, your love gets reordered, your affections get realigned, your mindset gets calibrated to think kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. You begin to be transformed from the inside out, from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. You begin to emanate and radiate my face and my likeness, that when they see me, they saw my father. When they see you, they're gonna see me. And then he has a task and he sends us with his authority and power to do the task. Come on, somebody say amen. It's one thing to, oh, what does he want me to do? And I got to go flounder and figure it out. And there is an element of floundering and figuring it out when we try to obey. Can I get an amen? There is all sorts of, you know, I think I'm supposed to do this. I think, I think, I think. But how many know that he's right there with us in the mess? And he says, I'm so proud of you for trying, for obeying me, for taking the step, for going when I said go, for speaking when you thought I said speak, for being quiet when I usually am right when I tell you to be quiet. And so here's what I love. Christ at the center creates a necessary tension. And this is why we need to be, and the church is, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do we need more Bible studies, more sermons, more classes, more seminars, more prayer meetings, more discipleship, more learning, more content, and more spiritual formation? Or... Do we need more justice and more mercy and compassion and missions and outreach and evangelism? And the answer is yes. But Christ at the center, so this is why you can't legislate it. 
You need to follow the Holy Spirit. If you haven't met with Jesus and your life is not oriented around setting your heart to seek him, to love him, to rest in his presence, to abide in his word, to obey what he says, then calling number one is always the primary calling, by the way, because you can't go do for him if he's not, there's no gas in the tank. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But here's the reality. We need the spirit. The spirit is faithful to form Jesus in us and to have Jesus flow through us. To form in and to flow through. Say it, I say this with my kid. Love flows from him to us, through us. Love flows from him to us, through us. From him to us, through us. Ah, my kids get it. They get it. I see Benji and, Ethan and Caleb. So do we need more of this or more of that? The answer is yes, of course. What, the Spirit, what is the Spirit doing? Where are you in closing? Have you heard his call to come close? I love you, I want you. Have you been living close? And maybe the Spirit's saying it's time, I'm sending you out into your family, into your workplace, into that relationship, into the harvest field. It's time, I wanna send you out with my authority and my anointing so that you can fulfill the purpose that I'm sending you with. He calls me because he wants me to be with him. His heart begins to, tra I get transformed by the proximity to life, to love, to light, all of which find their source from Jesus. And as I'm with him, he appoints and he anoints and he sends and he says, son, what I've done, what we've done together in relationship, I wanna do for the whole world. That's what discipleship is. Those who don't know him to know him, to draw their life, just like we do from him, they too draw, find the life that Jesus alone can give supply and source. Christ at the center, he's always calling us close. Come on, somebody. He's a lover. And you know what else? He's also a shepherd that weeps over the harassed and helpless who don't have godly leadership in their life. And so he cries out. He shares his heart with us at the center and he says, oh, if only there were more laborers to be sent out into the field. And it's that tension. You're gonna need moment by moment, up to date, Holy Spirit fellowship to know which direction is he calling you. But you don't have to guess, the first direction is to him. Where he sends you, that's where it gets fun. Amen? Stand on your feet with me. Christ at the center. How many are thankful for Jesus at the center? He calls us to him and then he sends us out on his behalf. Unto Jesus on his behalf. That's the phrase he gave me about a year ago. Unto Jesus on his behalf. I, unto Jesus on his behalf. Unto Jesus on his behalf. Those are the two movements. Unto Jesus. He's the reward. He's the point. He is life. He wants me. He's called me. He loves me. Unto Jesus and on his behalf. We never stop these two, the flow of these two movements. Unto Jesus on his behalf. He calls us close and he sends us out. And so really it gets real simple. If those are the two movements of every believer on the planet, which one do you need help in? 
Stop right now and think about it. I really stink at the connecting to Jesus part. Please tell us. There's a bunch of people in this room. They're not experts, but they're practitioners. They could help you live close to Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. If you're a spirit, there's many spiritual parents in this room who could help someone who doesn't know how to connect, get connected. And there are many people in this room who will always be better than you or me, maybe, at the being sent part. How many know there's people in this room who can help us live out our sentness with a greater fervency and faithfulness? Whatever it is, whatever you need, Jesus has the provision. So Holy Spirit, search us and know us. I love this passage and I love these two principles that are forever in the mix of following you. You call us close and you send us out. Father, I pray that in both directions, the Holy Spirit would come and energize, equip and empower us to go to the next level with you. I ask God that every person in this room and those watching online would understand the scenario. We are wanted by God. We are loved. There was nothing the Father was not willing to give to save us from our sins and deliver us and rescue us from a life of eternity apart from him. And so Holy Spirit, would you come right now, just open your heart, just say yes to the invitation to Jesus to be with him to be loved, to be saved, to be healed, to turn from our sins and from the life of autonomy and to draw our very life from Jesus himself. And Father, for those in this room who are ready, we're growing in the with you part and we never leave that for the record, but Lord, send us out from this place. Send us into our homes, send us into our workplaces, send us with our families, send us into the harvest field. Lord, anoint and appoint us for the task that you have for us in this very hour. We cannot wait to partner together and with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said amen and amen. Everyone say with me, I'm wanted by God and I'm sent by Jesus. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. We'll see you on Wednesday night prayer. If you need prayer, come on up to the front, please.